Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you once again for tuning in to another edition of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. Very quickly, big shout out to our sponsor, DraftKings. A lot of fun to be had with daily fantasy sports. Of course, the NFL in full swing. You've got the NBA. And in a couple days, the NHL will return. So you can have a lot of fun with that. When you sign up, make sure to use promo code THPN. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on in the show. But for the Edmonton Oilers, a couple days off after uh, COVID spiking around the NHL. Uh, the NHL deciding to take a little bit of a break until after the Christmas break. And if with that happening, I should say, the Edmonton Oilers have three games that have been postponed. Of course, Monday night they were set to take on the Anaheim Ducks. That's not going to happen. And then they were going to travel down to Southern California to take on the Kings and then the Sharks to wrap up their uh, Christmas or just before their Christmas break. Of course, those games all postponed. Everything does go well, and nobody else is added to the COVID list, and things seem to get a little bit better. The Oilers are set to take on the Calgary Flames next Monday, 8 o'clock puck drop in that one, but we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Of course, the Calgary Flames were just ravaged by the uh, the COVID that was going around inside their room for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I mean, you've heard about them all. Yessi Pugliarvi, Duncan Keith, Strom, uh, Nugent Hopkins, Dave Tippett, of course. As of Tuesday, there's no new additions to the COVID list, so uh, we'll hope that that continues. And if it does, then then maybe we're more likely to see the Oilers play on the 27th, but we'll wait and see what happens with that one. Of course, before this all happened, the Edmonton Oilers on a mini winning streak, knocking off the Columbus Blue Jackets last Friday night 5-2, to and then going down to Seattle with... Uh, a couple AHL players in the lineup, not their full squad, and a, a gutsy 5-3 victory over the Seattle Kraken despite going down 2 nothing. So a uh, very impressive performance from the Oilers on a Saturday night. And now we uh, sit back and take a little bit of a break, but still lots to talk about. And we're going to bring in Tom Gazzola. Of course, he's the host of the Don Wheaton GM on White pre- and post-game shows on TSN 1260. You can see him on the NHL Network. He's on Daily with Jason Greger. He's also on the Oil Stream with Dustin Nielsen. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Tom Gazzola. Tommy, thanks so much for doing this today. How are you doing? Man, what an intro. I'm great, uh, Connor Halley, all things considered. Uh, we should have been doing a pre-game show yesterday, but alas, here we are. We should have been doing a pre-game show tomorrow. And on Thursday, but uh, we'll have to push that back to sometime in February, I suppose, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not ideal. I think we'd all rather be watching the boys out there playing hockey. You and I like to do those pregame shows, but a couple days off, recharge the batteries. We'll get through the holiday season, and and hopefully we'll get to see a game uh, on the 27th against the Flames. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little bit optimistic with that one. Uh, Do you think we get that game in on the 27th? I think so. I was reading that Ken Holland believes and they are planning as if the 27th is a good game to go. And uh, I know like basically the entire Flames roster is on 
COVID protocol, but, uh, and not to mention, you know, seven Oilers plus Dave Tippett. But by, by that game, which is six days away, I believe the majority of those players and Dave Tippett will be coming off the list. So we should be good to go. Now, things can change in that time. More people could be added to the list. Although basically, like you said, the team is into its uh, Christmas break. I'll stay optimistic. I'll say it gets going. And I really hope with this Omicron and it being so infectious, uh, again, keeping in mind that most people are saying or the, the guys that are getting it are saying that the symptoms are minor, if at all, uh, that uh, it get they get past it. And we're talking about a, a different situation altogether next week, a more positive one in regard to games being played. So I'll just stay optimistic, Connor, really, and, and keeping in mind that, hey, this is still COVID. It's still messing people up, but uh, it's creating some havoc right now for sure. Have you heard about any of the players and how they're doing who have tested positive? Like we've seen it around the NHL and I know in the other sports as well that a lot of the guys that have tested positive, especially with the new variant, it's, it's, it's been kind of minor. Like I don't want to downplay yeah. the, the sickness or anything. We don't know the long-term effects, but it, it seems like it's kind of, uh, you know, just from what some guys have said, kind of like a minor cold. Yeah. Well, yes, you pull your apparently, according to Ken Holland, didn't even know he had it. And that's that's kind of a recurring story that we're hearing from some of the guys, like no symptoms and all of a sudden they have it or very minor symptoms for a couple of days, kind of like a head cold type of thing. And then they're they're okay after a couple of days. Now, you know, there's the flip side of that where you had a Brendan Gallagher who said he was knocked out for a couple of days. Uh, knocked out is, you know, I'm just paraphrasing, but he said he was feeling some some symptoms for a couple of days, and then after that, he was fine. I don't know if he had Omicron. I don't know if he had Delta. we got to keep in mind that even though Omicron has taken over as the dominant strain, uh, there's still Delta out there, and, and if you get that in a breakthrough infection, it's generally worse, but it sounds like the majority of these guys, Connor, are doing okay, and, and after a couple of days they're they're ready to rock and you know some experts are saying you know that's something that eventually will have to be considered is the severity but right now it's they're handling it very seriously and and treating it very seriously and rightly so like this this damn disease has messed us up for almost two years and it will leak into two years and um so being precautious considering the amount of death and illness that has occurred um is certainly worthwhile absolutely now, uh, one of the other things that come from this, and uh, very disappointing for Oilers fans who had wanted to see, I think, Leon Draisaitl, Connor McDavid uh, represent their country at the Olympic Games. Looks like that's not going to happen. Uh, being reported by all the insiders, no official statement yet as we tape this at one thirty on Tuesday, but uh, I think by the time some people listen to this, the announcement will have come out already. Um, Tom, just your thoughts on the uh, another year or another four years roll around uh, where we won't get a chance to see Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl at the Olympic Games. It sucks. It really does. And, you know, some people don't pity the players or feel bad for them. Some do. Uh, I think for the average hockey fan, you look at the situation and go, well, well, that sucks because you want to see best on best in the world representing their countries. 
The 2010 Olympics were phenomenal to watch. The 2014 Olympics were phenomenal to watch. You can go back to the 20 or the 2002 Olympics and and how that reinvigorated uh, Canadian hockey fans at the Olympic stage, especially considering what happened in '98. So there is something special about NHL players playing in the Olympics. Uh, I, I remember Pyeongchang in 2018 and, and kind of half-heartedly watching those games. The time change sucked. <laughs> uh, the players that were playing in there, although tremendous hockey players, it wasn't the stars in the world at that time. These were guys who had been there or had call, kind of fallen by the wayside. And and it was like, oh, yeah, remember so-and-so? Remember so-and-so? Well, he's playing the Olympics. Oh, he's on TV Canada. Oh, he's on the American team. Hey, he had a good year five years ago. It was that kind of mishmash. And I don't think it helped. It's just the, the draw of it. And that's natural. So that's what sucks for the, the average hockey fan or potential new hockey fans. As the league, uh, the double IHF tries to grow the game, you don't have your best players playing. And, and that tournament, when it's best on best, we've seen just some fantastic hockey, Connor Halley. And, and we're going to miss out on that unless, you know, the last couple of days we've kind of heard maybe the IOC postpones the Olympics altogether. We shall see. The rules in, in China obviously are pretty stringent and, uh, Hey, we we pushed back uh, the Tokyo Olympics a year. Could we push back the Beijing Olympics another year? Yeah, I guess so in theory. But it's getting pretty close. Yeah, yeah. And I I just wonder, like, to me, it it seemed like Gary Bettman didn't really want the players going to the Olympic Games, wanted maybe some more upside for the NHL if that was going to happen. It it almost seems like it kind of worked out perfectly for him. He can keep his hands clean, kind of gets what he wants, and uh, sit back and just say, hey, I mean, we can't send you guys to this kind of thing right now. We gave you what you wanted, and, uh, you know, unforeseen circumstances <laughs> took over. Whoops. Uh, not even whoops. Uh, he's probably looking at that. Oh, that's too bad, right? And he's probably got 32 owners being like, oh, this works out just fine for us because they don't, they don't want to see their guys, their marquee guys, their big ticket guys get injured, especially for those that want them to be ready for a big Stanley Cup run. Understandable. These are assets. Uh, even though they're human beings on these teams, they're assets to these owners. Uh, they have a lot of value, uh, not only monetary, but in terms of marketing and, and all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, for them not going to the Olympics, risking getting COVID, risking being stuck in China for up to five weeks, uh, depending on the quarantine situation, them, Risking not being back with their club teams, uh, you know, that's, that's something that the owners didn't want to deal with, but they agreed to it in the CBA. But this is, uh, uh not an easy way out, but a, a situation that, uh, is favorable certainly for the NHL and its owners. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, kind of funny how it works out for them. Uh, I feel bad for the players. I know Steven Stamkos had a, a quote come out that he, he thinks this might have been his last chance and, you know, I, I want him to be remain optimistic. He's only 31 years old. He, he could make the team when he's 35. Maybe they'll need some veteran savvy. So uh, hopefully hopefully he can get back out there. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, lots lots of time between now and the next Olympics, but who knows what happens by then. Um, 
Uh, it, it sucks. I'll reiterate that. It just sucks overall, but some benefit more than others, obviously, and uh, we'll have to wait for another four years probably for Connor McDavid to lace him up. Will Sidney Crosby be there? Probably not. I, I don't know for sure, but um, it's too bad. We get to miss that opportunity, which would have been fantastic. Yeah. Honestly, that that's for whatever reason. I mean, obviously, the, the two kind of generational talents that we've seen, obviously, there's others. But to see them out there, you know, wearing the same uniform on the, the international ice, I think that would have been really yeah. cool. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it would be selfishly, if they were to delay the games a year, uh, I would be pretty okay with it. Uh, Tom, th- this little break for the Edmonton Oilers, maybe not coming at the best time. Obviously, they went on a little bit of a losing streak, and then last Thursday they turned it around, uh, beating up on the Columbus Blue Jackets. It was a 5-2 victory. Then on Saturday night, uh, even with the slow start, they come back to beat the Seattle Kraken, um, playing better hockey and, and doing it so uh, with with... Some of their better players not in the lineup. Uh, just it's kind of a tough time for the season to slow down for the Oilers, who were, looked like they were turning their game around. Yeah, and but Connor, you could look at it on the flip side too and be like, well, this is a bit of a time for a reset, and the team goes into this extended holiday break having gutted out a win, and then you know putting together those two wins. I like the idea of gutting out a win. Joaquin Gage talked about it on the morning show where maybe it gives you a bit of an epiphany and realization that, yeah, you can work hard and rely on grit and determination, and it can prove positive and get you the the result you want, uh, as opposed to just beating a team on skill and on special teams. And, and we've seen the Oilers do more of that than out-hustling, out-working, out-battling opposition teams, whereas... On Saturday night, they did that, and they did it a man short. They did it without, like you said, some of their better players. And I think you know you could you could take that feeling and that sentiment, and it'll be in the team's collective mind still. And on top of that, you kind of get this reset where you're supposed to get guys back into the lineup healthy, ready to go. Um, and with that. You know, ability and knowledge that yeah, you could you could play ugly games and and play tough, hard fought games and and win with effort and the old grit and determination and heart. On top of the fact that you get all these guys back, I think it's okay. Like it's kind of a soft reset, right? Not a hard reboot, but a soft reset. If they had lost uh, another one of those games, like let's say they lost that Seattle game and and had dropped six of their last seven or seven of their last eight. Um, you know, we'd be looking at this scenario going into the 27th saying, okay, hard reset. They need to get back to what they were doing before the six-game losing streak and losing seven of eight. Uh, and, and now they're healthy. That's what our narrative and probably our talking point would be. But now you could go, ah, soft reset. They were able to get it done. And now they're getting healthy again. And let's see how they come out of this thing. They're going to be facing a Calgary team, you know, that uh, basically had the entire roster, I think, except for three <laughs> roster players in COVID protocol after Dan Vladar gets added to it today. And, and you know, that's how it kind of shifts the, the talking points. But it, it's okay. And I don't think really in those two games they created any momentum because they kind of won in different ways. Like in Columbus, in that game, uh, they were able to use their their skill and their ability to just outskill a team. And they had to work hard for that one too. But you look at the Seattle game and and that was a, a, a game where they hustled and 
So I don't know if there's much of a rhythm as opposed to just getting a little bit of confidence in their groove back, which I think they can still keep when they go into the game on the 27th. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's certainly coming back uh, from the game in Seattle, a little uncertainty in the air. It's nice to to leave the, or head into your little break with a win. Uh, yeah. And like you said, yeah, get a little bit of a reset there. Um, I want to ask you about... Uh, the Oilers' power play, and and not to be too critical of it, but uh, Tyson Berry, he's been a little bit of the whipping boy out there for the team, despite for a year and a bit being very strong on that power play and, and being a, a key part of it that, you know, was so good. But a guy I've really enjoyed watching, Evan Bouchard, and uh, the goal he scored against the Kraken on Saturday, uh, just patience on the line, like no no concern about coughing it up or anything, very calm, uh, finds a way to get the shot through. To me, I, I think that at some point, I would like to see him get a look on that top unit power play. And I, I know you might have to, you know, jump past Darnell Nurse and, and Tyson Berry, but do you think there becomes a time where the Oilers look at that as an option and say, maybe we got to get him out there and just see what he can do? Because, I, I mean, I've, I've never played in the NHL, so f- f- tough for me to be too critical of a guy like Tyson Berry. But, you know, he on the power played the last little while just... Seems like something's missing. Yeah, I mean, he's still got 17 points in 29 games. Bouchard's got 18, so at some point Bouchard will take over. Like that, I think is universally universally understood, right, Connor? Like we know Bouchard eventually that'll be him up there. He'll be working the point that 90 mile an hour slap shot that scored the goal the other night. It'll be. Uh, an added component to that power play. But at the same time, Barry has had bad giveaways. Barry has been caught uh, with bad pinches. Uh, high risk, high reward type of player. <laughs> we knew that all along. Uh, you know, it's popped up a bunch of times this season. But at the same time, we're talking about the top-ranked power play in the National Hockey League. We're talking about a guy who's still putting up pretty damn good numbers in terms of points. Yes, they're mostly on the power play completely understand that is his five on five play strong not necessarily uh i know like you said he tends to be a whipping boy especially in the five on five play uh that's something that hasn't been good as a whole for the team for the time being like i think you can you can kind of balance the two and mix in some darnell nurse up there on the point on the power play bouchard Listen, his season hasn't been spotless either. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's made some mistakes. He's had some bad reads, some bad pinches, some soft plays. None of these guys have been really rock solid back there defensively. Sometimes the reads, again, have been rough. Um, but, you know, we're, we're seeing the, the progression of Bouchard. Yes, he'll take over at some point. Barry, they're getting the job done. Like, we're, we're nitpicking at the top-ranked power play that was clicking at 40% for two months of the season already so uh, you know will there be more of a rotation will Barry get less minutes I would assume yes yeah and, and I, I understand what you're saying there 100% like it, it always seems like you know and it's probably not just Oilers fans probably you know sports fans they always want to kind of see what you have and in, in the shiny new toy and Evan Bouchard would be that guy so uh, definitely something to watch out for as we go forward here uh, Tom Gazzola joining me here on the other Connor podcast give him a follow on Twitter at Tom Gazzola uh, you can pretty much see him anywhere all over TSN 1260 Tom are you doing mornings for the rest of the week now 
Yeah, two more days. Two more days. So, uh, myself and the Latino Heat, Hernan Salas. It's like the Don Wheaton GM on white post game show takeover of the morning show. Uh, not to be confused with the Don Wheaton GM on white pregame show, which you are my co-host and yeah. producer of. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been good. The mornings have been good. And, and listen, Eric and uh, Dusty need a little time off. Those guys work hard. They had a good... Good look uh, during ratings and had some good results as well. The whole station, the Gregor Show with yourself as well, Connor Alley. So, you know, a little pat on the back uh, to everyone that's put in the hard work. And and it's good to see the reward there in terms of the numbers and people listening and checking out what we've been doing. We have a good thing going. And uh, so, yeah, I'm in on the morning show. Give Dusty and Eric a bit of a breather. And Hernan and I are, are happy to to sit in there and keep the seats warm for the guys. It's a little bit different, but we're having fun. The the morning show is a little bit different. Like there's a lot going on behind the scenes, lots to get to. Um, yeah. Obviously, waking up at like what four? Is that, that when you're waking up at? Oh, like today was four, and then I hit snooze a couple times, and <laughs> thankfully my body just I I hit snooze a third time. And I almost slept in, but my naturally I was like, you gotta wake up. It was 428, so I just quickly hopped in the shower. But yeah, it, it's, those are early mornings. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I filled in on the morning show a couple times a long time ago. Uh, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they have the energy in the morning. Uh, coffee, I assume, plays a little bit of a role, but uh, yeah, uh, you're you're doing it. You're doing it, Tom. Uh, and it, it's appreciated around the building. I, I know it's good to to have you there because I don't think Low Tide wants to get up and do that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> I don't blame him, Tide. You know what? We take care of Tide because he takes care of us, so it's a two way street. <laughs> and if Low Tide don't want to work. And get up at four in the morning, be on the air at six. That's a okay. We'll 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 do it, and we'll do it happily as long as he's uh, in good spirits and ready to rock on his show. Um, yeah, you know we look out for each other at twelve sixty. <laughs> Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, is a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner. Once any shot gets past the goalie, new customers can bet just one dollar on any NHL game and win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and throw $1 down on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sport Sports betting partner of the NHL must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum five dollar deposit and one dollar wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Okay, now back to the Oilers conversation. Now that's why people tune into this thing. Now, uh, Tom, what they don't want to hear twelve sixty gossip? Well, you know what? I mean, there might be an appetite for that. I mean, there's not much to gossip about. Everyone yeah, likes each other. Everyone shows up and works <laughs> yeah. and goes yeah. home and occasionally has like a leftover Sobeys beer of the week. I mean, when they're I when mean, they're leftover. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. It's popular. <laughs> it's a good time, and, and, it, yeah. and I think it shows. Um, Tom, if the Oilers, we're assuming, can get back into it, uh, Flames-Oilers on Monday, uh, then Wednesday the Oilers would hit the road. We'll see what happens, but uh, it'd be St. Louis, you got the Devils, the Islanders, Rangers. Um, coming back, let's let's just assume the Oilers are healthy and, and everyone's back out there ready to go. Uh, Zach Hyman's feeling it as well. What does your top six look like to start the to start this? I'm not going to say second half, but the the coming back from the Christmas break. What's your top mm-hmm. six look like? Right, I, I like the play of Fogel with three goals in his last two games with McDavid there. So, in my you know perfect situation, I'd probably coming back if Hyman's good to go, dealing with that shoulder issue that didn't look good. I would probably keep Fogel up there with McDavid and Pulleyarvi. And then on that second line, I wouldn't mind entertaining Dreisaitl centering Nugent Hopkins and Hyman on the right side. Okay. And then that leaves you, if Ryan McLeod is good to go, you get McLeod back there. Uh, you'd also have, you could put Cassian on the right side. Who would you go on the left side on that line? Would you do... A Devon Shore potentially, and then on the fourth line you could roll with Sevier between Benson or Ryan between Sevier and Benson because that mm-hmm. line had a good night the other night, and you want to let them continue to have a, a little bit of momentum. So I think there's a few things you could do there where you could you could play around with it. Like, would you want to keep Perlini in there, Connor? I don't know. I don't know if you want to keep Perlini in there. He's a guy I think you could pull in and out of the lineup. Um, so there's there's some options. But I wouldn't mind seeing Hyman, who's versatile, has no problem sliding over to the right side. And you could keep Fogel up there on the top line. See how that goes, even against Calgary. Um, I don't think that would be a problem at all. Yeah. You know what? And, like, just when this group gets healthy once again, it, it's – there's a lot of versatility, right? Like, there's a lot of different combinations you can do. Obviously, McDavid and Drysaddle are kind of the big one if they're going to be on the same line or a center their own. But, you know, Nuge gives you so much versatility. Zach Hyman, a Cassian in a pinch. Uh, Fogel, like you said, three goals in his last two games. Like, there's some skill there as well that can be tapped into. It's a, it's kind of a fun group to kind of mess around with and just play with and see what happens. And then, who knows, maybe in a couple of months we've got Dylan Holloway uh, in the mix. Uh could happen. Craig Button is a believer. Some people might say you want to wait a little bit longer, but uh, there is some fun there. And then how about the defensive pairings, assuming everyone comes back healthy? Yeah. Um, I, I guess maybe the top four kind of obvious, but uh, what would your bottom pairing look like? Right. And you know what, too, Connor? I should point out, I th- I don't know if uh, Yessi Pugliarvi would be eligible to come off. True. The COVID 10 days, right? For that, yeah, for that 27th game. So I'm, you might have to switch up that that top six, uh, and then that kind of throws a wrench into things. Maybe you bump Cassian back up there. Uh, boy, I really messed that up. Unless, well, you know, you let's not even worry about that game. We'll, t- yeah. we'll just assume we are talking about the, the following few, the road trip they're okay. going back on. Okay. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Okay, I like that. Uh, thanks for making me feel better for not <laughs> counting the days. Uh, the bottom, okay, so we're talking about the defense now? Yeah, like I, I'm assuming this group gets healthy here. You have uh, Nurse with, well, actually, you know what? How would it look, Tom? How would your defense look? Uh, boy, and you're missing Nurse for 
at least what till the thirtieth. Yeah, I believe so. No Lagason, no Nurse. So uh, Bouchard with what Keith? Or do you go CC Bo- uh, CC Keith Bouchard with well, Keith tested positive too, right? Yeah, but he got put on there on the nineteenth. Okay. okay, or the eighteenth? No. See now it's, it was the seventeenth. It was the day they flew. Yes. Now we're going through all the dates together, right? So <laughs> Keith would be eligible to return. You could have him and Cece back together. Uh, you would have probably Bouchard on the top pairing, uh, if you want to call it that, quote-unquote. Or you could just put Bouchard with Cuckoo and then Nima Linen with uh, who's left over now. Who do we have left over and who am I forgetting on the right side? Did you get uh, – you got Bouchard. Barry. Barry. Yeah, Barry. There you go. So that's probably what it looks like. So you'd go Keith CC, uh, Cuckoo Bouchard, and Nima Linen with if his if his hand is good, Nima Linen with uh, Barry. Uh, Tom, have you heard anything new on Mike Smith? It seems like we've just been kind of teased, like he's he's out skating. Yeah. And it it could be coming soon, and then maybe there's a little bit of a setback. Uh, what's the latest on Mike Smith? I'm assuming he's close. Uh, I mean, you know, Dave Tippett was talking about him being back potentially for what, uh, this week right now. And obviously that hasn't happened. So this just buys him an extra week and a half to, to get healthy and be ready. Although the facilities have been shut down. I don't know if he's getting treatment. I'm assuming maybe he's getting some sort of treatment. Um, so, yeah, I would assume he might be ready to rock by the time this team comes out of the holiday break and all the COVID situation hopefully is cleared up. We could see Mike Smith ready to go. Tom, uh, really appreciate this. Just a couple more questions for you. Non-Oilers related, of course, the World Juniors in Edmonton. Uh, four Edmonton Oil Kings on the team for Team Canada. You've got Xavier Borgo, the Oilers' first-round pick this past draft. Uh, how, how excited are you for the World Juniors? Is that something you get into? I enjoy World Juniors. I always have. I remember going to the game that was in Edmonton in 95. It was Team Canada against Team Finland. Canada won. Dan Cloutier started that game. That was like a dream team in 95. And then we've seen some subsequent teams that were probably more stacked, which is incredible to say. I do like the World Juniors. I don't make that big of an emphasis on it as some people I remember having this argument with good friends that I worked with in Lloyd Minster that they lived and died with World Juniors and as and I love it I respect it I've I've watched it for years and years and years but you know I, I you take a step back and you're like on the this the big scope uh, where it comes into play in terms of uh world rankings uh, for team nations and and where they stand as hockey nations it's not that prominent, but here in Canada, it's a tournament that matters and everyone loves, and it comes at the right time of year around Christmas, right? So it becomes a tradition. It has that meaning. Um, so I really like it, and now, hopefully, we'll have fans in the stands here in Edmonton. I know last year, everything that happened, they turned it into a bubble. They did a great job with it. Um, hopefully, people can see it and take it in, and it could become a, a fantastic, the best World Juniors ever, but COVID's kind of popping in there and, and could make it very difficult to be that, which is too bad. Um, but I still think it's going to be something that the nation rallies around. 
and should, which is fantastic. And I know TSN is going to do a great job broadcasting it. And Connor Halley, I'm part of a broadcast as well through Hockey Canada, uh, through the virtual venue. So I'm, I'm heavily invested in it. I'm very excited, probably more so than ever. And I've covered a, a bit of World Juniors in the past. So, yeah, I'm pumped up for it, and uh, hopefully Team Canada can avenge the loss from last year. Well, Tom, now you got to elaborate on that a little bit. What do you mean? What what, what are you doing with Team Canada? What, what's going on? Little watch parties? Oh, I thought I told you about that. <laughs> well, t- tell the people. So it's, so it's a new pilot project that uh, the IIHF and Hockey Canada are doing together. It's called the, I believe it's the Virtual Venue. And it's basically like a second screen viewing option. And it's like a show. And you could see old highlights. You could see uh, cool features. And uh, there's going to be some live portions to it where I'll be hosting. And I think the tickets are 20 bucks each. There's a limited amount that you can buy uh, for the virtual venue. And it's it's a really neat thing that, that you know kind of speaks to the digital age that we're clearly already in. And so uh, it was cool to be approached to do it. And I'm looking forward to seeing what we have in store. We've got a great crew working on it. And uh, hopefully it's something that takes off to be an added bonus to the already fantastic coverage that you do get and see and hear. By the way, uh, Struddy and Gregor working with Matthew Wanick on the radio broadcasts as well for the World Juniors. So how about that? Like they're really tapping into 1260 and the TSN crew here in Edmonton. And it's an honor and a pleasure to be a part of that. Oh, yeah. TSN's going to be all over the place. That's awesome. And and that is why I'll be, I think, sliding in for you for some pre- and post-game shows on TSN. That's right. He, oh, with Hernan Salas he, alongside. You and the Latino Heat. Yeah, you and the Latino Heat will be uh, hosting both the pre- and post, co-hosting and working. I don't know how you guys decide who works the board, but uh, <laughs> you guys will be great. Uh, I, I know you filled in for me on a post-game as well, so I told it only him, makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, I told him that he should, and he said I should, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, Yeah, nobody wants to run the board. We'll see how that goes. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And Tom, just very quickly here, uh, I know we got to get running. Uh Chris Jones, back in Edmonton as the Elks head coach and GM. What do you think? Well, as long as he wins, people will be happy. And uh, all that stuff about committing to the city and making sure this franchise is what it once was in the community, um, I don't think will be Chris Jones's priority, although I'm sure he'll say it is. He'll leave that to the president uh, of the team to make it happen. And as long as he is a willing participant and doesn't skip Monday morning magic and do anything dumb like that again, uh, then he should be okay as long as the team's putting up wins and actually winning at Commonwealth, which was uh, something that hasn't happened in two years. Yeah, yeah, they got to find that home field advantage. Uh, it's the yeah. the response has been very uh, polarizing. Lots of lots of supporters, lots of people upset about it. Yep. Uh, had to get your thoughts as a season ticket holder. Had to see what you think, Tom. Thanks so much for doing this today. Really appreciate it. Anytime, my friend. Anytime. There you go. That is Tom Gazzola of TSN 1260, the oil stream, uh, NHL Network contributor, daily on the Jason Greger Show. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter, at Tom Gazzola. And that is going to wrap it up for another show, the Other Connor Podcast, here on the Hockey Podcast Network, brought to you by Giraffe Kings. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. That's going to be our final show before Christmas. So I just want to say happy holidays to everyone. Uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you guys all so much for tuning in to the podcast. It really does mean a lot. We'll be back I think in a week here or so. We'll take a little bit of time off. Uh, 
And once the Oilers hopefully get going next Monday, we will resume if that game does happen. Like I said earlier on in this show, it is an 8 o'clock puck drop in Calgary. If it happens, make sure to tune in to TSN 1260 at 630 for your pregame coverage with Tom Gazzola, Matt Cassian, and myself. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be safe. We'll talk to you next time here on The Other Connor Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to The Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.